people of Earth. Welcome to a new episode of The Burning Sage Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of the Burning Sage Podcast. I am your host, as always, Sage Ryan Cash. Thank you so much for being here with me today. It is a good day. I am in Florida, Florida, uh, all across, way, way too far from home. Um, haven't been this far. A boy like me ain't never been this far from home. But here I am, and here I sit in beautiful Florida, if you can see the view. Um, what a view it is. I'm, I'm blessed right now, ladies and gentlemen. And I know you haven't heard from me in a long time. And um, <clears throat> I recently have been reposting uh, what I call the greatest hits of the Burning Sage podcast on um, all podcast platforms now, which, you know, pat myself on the back and let's get a round of applause, everybody. Clap, 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 um, for finally figuring out how to put my podcast on all different platforms. Um, it's not that complicated, especially nowadays with as many podcasts as there are. You know, there's a lot of things that make it easy for you. Um, just a matter of paying for it and doing all these things and, you know, whatever. But hey, I got it done and uh, I've been reposting all those old podcasts that was only on Spot, uh, SoundCloud in hopes that, you know, a lot of people don't use SoundCloud so they didn't really get to hear it and whatnot. So, you know, um, I wasn't really ready to start new episodes yet because I had to get some equipment and uh, I was moving and yeah, for those of you who know me and, and, and have heard me talk, you know, uh, uh, my life's a bit of a uh, roller coaster. So <clears throat> ups and downs, peaks and valleys, y'all. Peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. <laughs> I love this thing. I got an audio mixer and a lot of cool effects and whatnot. Still working out all the kinks. Um, this will be sort of a trial run, but it will be the first new episode. So um, yeah, very excited. Um, Listening back to a lot of my old episodes, uh, I used to yap way too fucking much in the intro, so I'm going to cut that down. And also, I think I got a little bit too personal um, and went into too many details that were not needed to be said out loud or, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think I just rambled too much during the intro. And, um, you know, regardless of where I've been, what I've been up to, um, I'll get to all that and maybe I'll do a show specifically dedicated to that for those of you that want to know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think the last time you heard of, from me, I was living in the Bay Area, moved back to Oregon temporarily and then moved to Big Sur, California, where I spent the last uh, year and a half or a year and some change. And, um, now I, live in Oregon again. <laughs> so back from Cali to Oregon, Cali to Oregon, Cali to Oregon. And I'm currently on vacation slash a workcation. Um, there's some big things, some big news happening here at the Burning Sage. Um, I am starting a production company. It'll be the Burning Sage production. And I'm, I have a few shows I'm going to work on. And one of the shows uh, will be hosted by today's guest. Ted Blazak. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, today we have a guest, and um, not only we'll be talking to him, chatting, chatting with him, but we will be introducing um, this new show that I'm out in Florida uh, recording. So, very exciting stuff, very exciting things to come in the Burning Sage world. Um, as always, I'm just really appreciative to anybody who takes time out of their day to listen to what I uh, have to say, or hear anything I put out, or read anything I might put online, or whatever. Um, this year, the sage will burn. The sage, this year, ladies and gentlemen. So, all right, I'll leave it at that. Um, you know, and uh, thank you again for being here. Uh, and let's get right into uh, our breathing routine, ladies and gentlemen. One of my favorite things we do here is take a goddamn deep breath. Everybody got to take a deep breath every once in a while. You know, what I'm saying a lot of shit going on in the world, a lot of things happening. Um, you know, you may be stressed, you may not. Maybe living good, may not. Um, doesn't matter, right? Because for this moment, for this podcast, at least, if not for the whole day, um, it's always good to just stop and take a deep breath every once in a while. And um, <clears throat> we're going to do some in, uh, intention breathing, which I don't know if I just made up that term, but it sounds like the right term for this process here, where uh, I like to think of everything that's in my mind, everything that's plaguing my head or has been or whatever, you know, just let's breathe it all in. Pretend it's like a... You know, you're, you're breathing all of that junk in that's in your head. And then when we let go of it, we're going to hold it in. 
And then we're going to let it go. And we're going to let it go and free ourselves and free our mind of the burdens that we carry. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, on the count of three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, breathe in. Hold it. Again, one, two, three. Hold it. <sighs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, I am super excited. If you could just see all the equipment in front of me, everything's super legit. Um, I'm getting back in the mix. This is going to be a good year. My goodness, we got a good podcast coming for you today. And uh, like I said, there's a lot of things in the mix. We got, you know, the Printing Stage Productions um gonna be producing a few different podcasts and i'm not gonna be the host of of some of these so it'll just be me producing a lot of them um but i hope you guys uh take time out and check them out because it'll be worth it i wouldn't put my time and energy into something i didn't believe in um so believe that believe that all right ladies and gentlemen without further ado here's the intro song and uh thank you for being here the burning stage podcast here we go Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Ted Blazak. Wow. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm having a really good time over here with this mixer. Um, welcome, my man, uh, Ted. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you coming on here. Um, you brought me out here to Florida. Florida. How do you say it? Florida. 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 Great Florida. state of Florida. What brought you over here? Um. My wife, uh, Kelly, and I, we had a work project here about a year ago, and um, uh, we just kind of felt we, we were here for like several months, and we were thinking about where we were going to go to retire. Originally, it's going to be Mexico, but we just kind of fell in love with this, and it worked, and it was a convenient place to get all the kids to come and visit us frequently. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to come here? I mean, you got a palace over here. I'm, behind you. me is just... I mean, you know, I could, anybody would kill for this view, I'll tell you. Yeah. You got I, your own dock. Yeah. For real. <laughs> <laughs> goals, man. One of my goals, have a dock. You know what I'm saying? And you got it. You got I, it. I have, yeah. I got a dock and I got a boat that I really don't even know how to operate. And, <laughs> and a pool and a hot tub and a beautiful house and we're right on the international waterway and we see dolphins and manatee there's dolphins yeah and we all the time we see and the pelicans lots of pelicans and 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 then everything is super close by there's beautiful beaches right around wonderful restaurants i mean it's it's a paradise we're very happy here we're very and for us it's I'll be honest, it's a big deal. I mean, like, we both grew up, you know, really poor. And uh, this is the nicest house either of us have been in in our lives, and we own it. So we're, we feel very lucky, very blessed that uh, we managed to wind up here. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I was actually going to ask you because, I mean, for me, I, I never grew up in a home. I've never lived in a house. I don't have a childhood home. I've, you know, none of my family have... 
you know, uh, like a place I can't go back and be like, oh, this was my old oh. room or, or whatever, you know, it's always apartment buildings, which I mean, has its pros and cons. Also, I had a lot of friends that were in the apartment complex growing up and it was kind of a safe area where me and my friends can, can play outside. And, and, you know, I'm sure people can do that in neighborhoods, but it was like, you know, you're in like a box in apartment buildings, though, at least the one I grew up in. And so there was like a courtyard in the middle, you know, where we can and play and stuff like that. We, I had the, that's interesting. I had the same experience. I grew up, um, uh, well, we moved around a lot, but for a large part of my childhood, it was just in the in the 70s when they were really just expanding the public housing um, for the impoverished. Uh, we lived in this place called Chickamansa Village in western Massachusetts, and it was this kind of yeah, it was this circle of apartments, uh, complexes, small apartment complexes, and a big giant field in the middle. And there were always just about eight million children in this quad <laughs> at any given time, and you'd see them just moving like swarms. It was, I mean, uh, we grew up really, you know, like I said, poor food stamps, government uh, issued food, and all that. But you, you don't notice it when you're that young you yeah notice all the other it's kids. normal yeah well all your peers were in a similar situation mm-hmm. and it was just it was just about you know kickball and kick the can and hide and go seek and and uh, no phones or anything you know right. that that's the wild part for me and i don't know you can probably speak on this more but you know the the change now because now you know you leave the house and mama's got to know you got to answer her text messages, her calls at all, you know, she'll oh, call every hour yeah. to make sure where you're at. Where back in the day when you were outside, mama didn't know what the heck you could get up to, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's true. That's true. You're right. We would, you, you would just leave in the morning and come back at night when your name was called, mm-hmm. you know, for dinner. Or when they, when she rang the triangle, <laughs> supper's ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, right on, so, man. So yeah, it was a great, it was interesting childhood actually do you think that um you appreciate this more because of that or you would just appreciate this in general like being where you are now the contrast of growing up without it and then now being in this beautiful palace on with your own doc (laughs) well it's an interesting hypothetical question because you never know about the experience i was gonna say i guess you can't really you you never had before but and i don't want to make this presumption for people universally but i have many neighbors and friends and business associates now who are born to a certain level of wealth and uh have always enjoyed it and now i find myself in those circles too and i have noticed indeed it is my strong impression that uh uh they don't appreciate it as much. They take it for granted and they feel entitled to it. And what's worse is the, uh, the wealthier tend to believe that they're better than other people around them, especially, um, you know, workers that, that, that they encounter. Um, yeah, I mean, and some of our best friends here in Florida are, uh, people who, actually help work on my house and take care of some things we've made some really good friendships with folks and they've shared the similar stories and of course kelly and i know these stories because you know i've had every job you can imagine on the sun i was a taxi driver for years a bartender waiter i you know janitor a dishwasher and uh you know caterer so i i've encountered people on both sides of the uh, economic service exchange yeah and uh um yeah there's uh, it's it's very easy for me in fact i one of my very best friends at one point who was born more or less wealthy um said to me after i i, I came into some business success and that didn't occur until my 30s in fact in my 20s that's my, good news yeah. for me i'm yeah. 31 <laughs> My college friends uh, 
um, were uh, were worried I was going to wind up homeless because <laughs> I was uh, working, uh, you know, from job to job, and yeah, and I didn't, you know, I didn't have. It's a tough life, man. Well, it was. It's okay, but uh, but I remember after making it successful, we went out. And we were having a nice lunch, and a waitress comes and brings us food, and she leaves the table, and he turns to me and he says, like, so you know, don't you feel? better than her that you're a better person and i was like what the fuck wow are you serious dude wow you know i mean like how am i how are any of us any different from yeah. any other and so no uh, yeah it's true wealth has a way of distorting people's uh perceptions of, reality, of their, yeah. their own status mm. actually now do you think that you have that uh, perception because you worked on at the ground level and then st- came up that way as opposed to being born into it because that is something that I personally have noticed about you and I appreciate about you the most I mean to me you're 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 someone I can look up to and be like wow this oh, guy thanks. started from the bottom and now he's here quote Drake shout out to Dreezy um, you know and but it didn't change you you're still able to you're very silly and you're very huh. you know lighthearted and um, I mean you're, you're also a businessman so you can get you everybody has different sides to them but yeah. just just uh, how respectful and accepting you are uh, of uh, you. of just anybody that comes up to you you know that yeah. that's something that anybody can be can aspire to be especially in your position and you don't find it often in your position because like you said you are doing very well for yourself these days and you know like you said your buddies aren't uh you know there with you on terms of thinking that we're all equal regardless of your financial situation you know um where do you think that stems from is that from working at the ground level or is it maybe because for me i've i've noticed you know psychedelic trips in my personal experience um not to get too crazy on (laughs) on this podcast but you know certain psychedelic trips have taught me like whoa like I am, you know, I am one and he is me and we are the walrus kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, can you speak on that a little bit? Well, yeah, sure. Um, I I think, okay, so there's, you know, there's a lot of ways that one can come to some sort of like social attitudes like that or outlook. But um, I just know... Every person is weak and fragile, mm. and and we we just we just all are um, so vulnerable, and and we're all just made of flesh and blood, and mm. so I kind of um, I just recognize that. I mean, like I recognize that with like the. When I was young and I was poor and struggling, I, I resented the wealthy quite a mm. bit. And I I resent that attitude that people have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like also growing up poor, there's an expression. And if you grew up poor, you know this expression. They're good people. Mm. It's in a code that like we use with each other. To, so, you know, whether someone's like, you know, giving and caring and not going to stab me on the back you know, uh, and uh, so I have found good people of all uh, classes and statuses, and, and as well as I found plenty of assholes. So <laughs> I, I think I, I genuinely enjoy people. I respect people for the, who they are. I don't make big expectations. I think all people can be wonderful. And, you know, when I start engaging with someone, regardless of their eco and social class, I quickly turn away from the ones that have the attitudes and mm-hmm. are the assholes. Mm-hmm. And I gravitate towards the good people wherever they are. Well, good for you, man. That's that's super awesome. I, ho- I wish that more people, you know, shared that attitude. And maybe you, you know, because I'm a big component on, um, you know, being an example of, of who you want, would like to see in this world, you know, wow. and I think you being friends with those people and being the way you are, maybe they kind of look at you 
and maybe they'll change you know maybe they'll see oh he's having way more fun you know he seems to be a little bit more lighthearted and, and having more fun in this life you know well it's, i do i do enjoy life i do enjoy being silly but i also am very aware that i i don't think i really should serve as a role model for any person <laughs> I, I, usually those make the best role models though you know I, what i mean <laughs> the people that don't try to be one you well, know no i mean like i i'm kind of a dick I'm not, <laughs> you know there's lots of things about me that just aren't altogether that cool so yeah. so there's better role models in life you know and and also i will say this though my um I do like people, I do enjoy people, and I have attitudes about people, but the motivating parts for me in life uh, have always been about accomplishing tasks mm. rather than anything else. I'm really kind of a person who goes from project to project and, and like... Keep uh, yourself busy. Well, yeah, but also, like, um, clearly defined boxes. Like, mm. my, like, I have this, I only have, like, five or six boxes in my life, and, like, and this is a, kind of a male attitude, too. But, and, you know, my family is in one box, and, and so I think very hard about how I can uh, do things right in that box. Like, mm. I, you know, I have almost daily conversations with my children wherever they are, even though I've divorced and s separated from them. Uh, you know, I still make sure I'm, uh, a very big active part of their life and, mm -hmm. and they enjoy my company. I enjoy their company. So it's easy to happen. I mean, uh, and you know, if you, if you care about certain things like that and you say like, this is my project, you know, and, and, and it's the same way with work. You know, I have this thing, I'm just going to do it well, but most importantly, I'm going to get it done mm -hmm. and then I'm going to move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I found that that really that really helps me in life. That's the way I've kind of structured my way, especially with business. It was, okay, first we're going to get this done, and then we have something to build upon. And now we have something even bigger to build upon. Mm. And it's just constantly moving and moving uh, the blocks forward. So I've never cared about... Pe what people think about me mm. as much as I care more about whether or not I get the accomplishment done. And then I know that that accomplishment and that task will then earn social grace or interest. Mm. I mean, I mean like, and probably build self-confidence within yourself, right? Cause you accomplished a goal that always feels good. It fills you with, with uh, you know, a yeah. certain fulfillment. Yeah, it does. But I'll also tell you this much. <coughs> The best thing I ever did for my self-confidence was I started my own business. Mm. Prior to doing that, I would make great accomplishments, but my reward or my status was determined by another person's review of me. Mm. If I didn't make my boss happy or impressed or I wasn't getting along with them, it didn't matter how good a job I was doing. Yeah. And... And, I can totally relate yeah, to that for sure. So much of work is just. What was that ass. first business? It was my political consulting firm. I, okay. Uh, yeah, which I still operate today, mm -hmm. and um, it just. But it was suddenly like I didn't care what somebody thought of me. All I was counting was the dollars in my checking account. Yeah. And in politics, uh, my business is um, primarily. Uh, gathering signatures on petitions so that ballot measures can qualify mm -hmm. for initiatives qualify to become ballot measures and um, and you know going door to door for the candidates and in the world of politics you have like you know your posters and your creative content writers and your media spinners mm -hmm. I am on the bottom of it all mm -hmm. I am like like the the plumber of politics. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm low level. I, they turn to me at the last minute. Nobody respects my little uh, profession. Hmm. Uh, and I remember telling my accountant that uh, one day I was like, you know, uh, uh, this is my second year doing business, and um, three years before. For like a decade, I was living on twenty five thousand dollars a year. Mm. You know, 
volunteering a lot to try to start a career, but driving taxi and bartending. Mm. And, um, and in my second year of business, I go to my accountant and I say, everyone looks down at me. They think I'm just this like, Slime, I'm, I'm, I'm like in the porn of politics. It's just, they, just they use me, and but they don't want to, you know, be associated with me. Mm. And and he said, "Well, you made three hundred and forty thousand dollars last year, <laughs> so you can buy a lot of soap." <laughs> and I was like, "You're right. I feel a lot less dirty <laughs> yeah. now." Yeah. So shit, um, man. That that's yeah. more than some porn stars, you know. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's wild, man. Yeah, yeah. So, and then you know, it, and it's been an interesting career. I've gotten to work on some really thing, great things, legalizing marijuana. I saved rainforests. Um, stopped uh, gillnet fishing on the Columbia River. Saved a uh, saved 6,000 acres from destruction by greedy, corrupt politician. Mm. And, you know, I've done, I've done some organized sex workers. I, uh, oh God, I've done a lot of, a lot of shit that I kind of like. Yeah. And, yeah. So it's been, it's been an interesting life and I'm glad I'm sliding into retirement now. <laughs> yeah. Setting it up for my kids. Yeah. No, well, I, I personally, you know, I work for you and I do the canvassing part, which is a very, like you're saying, I totally get um, what you're saying about the per- perception of that kind of work because it is, you know, you're going door to door and especially in today's age, you know, knocking on somebody's door isn't as common as it may have been um, a, a few true. years ago. Yeah, that's you know? true. It's really changed. And people are, are a lot more nervous to, to open the door and talk to you and whatnot. But these issues and, and this, uh, you know, we don't have to get into what we're working on right now, but for me, it's an issue that I care about and that, you know, a lot of people for the most part are pretty receptive and they're like, Oh, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for coming over here and, and talking to me. Cause I, otherwise I wouldn't have really known about it, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that's where your business shines is because, you know, you're spreading the information that some people withhold on purpose to get their political agenda moved forward, you know, without too much of a fight, you know, we're here to make sure that there's a fight. And I think that that is uh, the true, uh, truly an American concept. You know, everything should have the the chance to be on the ballot at least. You know, yeah, um, yeah. We my original business model was uh, democracy demands participation. Mm. The only way for it to function is if we're moving ideas, if we're considering um, the ideas on the intellectual market. And, and 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 progressing ourselves as a society, um, so I'm 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 happy to do that, and it's great. And what part of what you know what started this conversation was like some people think they're better than others, and mm. and, and status and stuff, and that's that's really the great power of democracy is mm. you know I was poor as shit, but I started participating and I made a huge difference in many areas and made, you know, very good income from it. And, uh, and, 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 and it's what we need. We need to have a, if we, if we don't have a, 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 a true democracy, we won't have a pluralistic society. We won't have a society where ideas can get shared. We won't have a society where capital and our economy can grow and be more innovative. So yeah. uh, we 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 really need to uh, to cherish the venues of uh, full participation and equal participation that we have, and we need to um, treat with scorn those attempts by people in power to uh, limit uh, democratic access. Yeah, and those battles are are raging right now for sure and well i was going to ask you when you say participate can you define that because i'll I'll, I'll give a subsection to that because um here's another question i guess um do you think that because a lot of people assume that they're participating by being loud on social media you know whatever issue that they don't like or whatever they're they're super loud on social media to be against it or for it and in my personal opinion um, and I'm, uh, I don't know shit, but you know, in my personal opinion, that's not necessarily participating. That's just being, that's just making noise, which I guess is in some way participating, but, but could you define what you mean by participating? Well, I, I was more, most 
more specifically, excuse me, specifically speaking towards um, uh, the actual creation of policy by our government, which means like, are you actively supporting a candidate? Are you being a candidate? Are you um, pushing um, for certain agenda items, lobbying your elected officials? Um, and actually, I think a lot of that social media stuff um, is indeed participating greatly. Uh, it's just weird from how it was in the days before the <laughs> yeah. internet. It's completely changed. It used yeah. to be when I started my company to really participate, uh, you know, that meant going out and registering voters. Mm-hmm. That meant going out and organizing a rally mm-hmm. or recruiting candidates. Now it's <clears throat> it's just at a click of a button and it's more diverse and it's much more constant and there's much more of a hailstorm of 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 deluge of propaganda and mm-hmm. statements and things that you have to work your way through. It's I don't know, it's very it's a very interesting time. I'm a little worried for our democracy, but I don't know. Truth, goodness, beauty. They always seem to win out in the end. Mm. Truth, goodness, and beauty. I love that. Um, All right. Well, let's move away from politics so we don't get uh, canceled by saying the wrong thing or whatever. Um, But I appreciate you touching on it a little bit because I think that is important to hear, and and, uh, especially for people who are allowed on social media. I guess my only gripe about that, just to touch on it one last time, is, is that I feel like people are less open to dialogue you know if they're if they're you know standing for one thing that's all they stand for and you know fuck everything else and yeah. they, they won't have a conversation about it it's just um, a quick tweet or whatever you know well all right all right okay i would like to speak to that before sure. we move on then so um prior to 1990 <laughs> uh everybody watched two or three uh news Station CBS, NBC, or ABC News, mm-hmm. you know, and then the next day you went to work, and you were all, you would have a debate with your coworker mm. about an issue like legalizing pot, let's say, mm-hmm. and but you were both dealing with the same set of facts. You both watched the same newscast, mm. and you're both having that conversation. Now, because of the internet, you can choose your source of media. And um, today, we have more propaganda than we have news. So people are able to crawl away into their own uh, echo chambers. Mm. And I've had many conversations with people where they come up and they cite facts to me about, oh, this guy got this booster shot, and that's why he's dead. Mm. Quote, unquote, facts. Right, right, right. right. (laughs) Right. And And these facts aren't true at all yeah and but because people have sequestered themselves to these um singular sources of Mm -hmm. information they're they've gleefully chosen to be ignorant it used to be for example in school um my children when i was a child everybody had to have the same broad base of knowledge everybody had to read the same canon of literature you had to know your dickens Everyone had to read Lord of the Flies, and, mm. you know, and, 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 and everyone had this same sort of historical, yeah, everyone was taught this basic American history, and, you know, there was this uniformity of knowledge. Yeah. Now it doesn't matter. Now our education system is to teach people how to solve problems or how to be specific to some technological skill. So we've lost kind of this commonality of perspective and this sense of what is basic common knowledge mm. so that what can be true for one person doesn't necessarily have to be true for another. And then, of course, we have great political and media machines who are doing their utmost to divide. To, yeah, lie, deceive, and confuse. Gosh, man. Yeah, yeah I, tough I, days. Man, the death of truth. I think that's the age. Like, you know, if we were to title it, it's Maybe, the death yeah. of truth possibly um but let's get on to a a happier topic i uh heard tell that you were a deadhead oh yeah sure (laughs) 
sure. so I, I hear about because my mom was a hippie right but she was born in 69 so she kind of missed out on the whole um you know she 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 loves like janice joplin i grew up with like janice joplin you know the doors J- Jimi hendrix and i watched woodstock since i was like you know yeah. three or four um but she never got to live it, live it. So I never got to oh. hear firsthand. Like, what was it like? What were those times like? The like. Well, I. <laughs> I'm only two years older than oh, okay. my mother. Okay. So, <laughs> it it just wasn't such a distant time. Uh, I mean, like I, I don't know if your mom was a hippie. I may have seen her at some of the dead shows that I was on. <laughs> I mean, it when I was a hippie in the '80s, and I went to about 50 different dead shows with them off and off for like two or three years like a bunch of other hippies selling t-shirts in the parking lots oh wow yeah it was it was cool but you know it was it was i was 21 and it was college it was a lot of fun and the shows were great and the dead kept really they were still the dead and they were still this at that time it was like my friends and teachers and stuff were like oh you crazy deadhead kids you're just living in the past in the 60s <laughs> and we were we were and we, it wasn't part of the popular overwhelming hmm. uh, the big culture no it's like the dead in the 80s was still a subculture until the touch of gray album came out in like 89 and then it was like all of a sudden you you would go to venues where it was only like 20 to thirty thousand people and you knew half of them you Whoa. know and then all of a sudden it was football stadiums with mm. what we would call the jersey heads uh. yeah we would go jerry <laughs> and um so it kind of just the whole scene then changed after that but i mean the shows i had a lot of fun man yeah i'm sure i mean so yeah. was it like you know what was what was touring with them like you know like was it because i think of i'm picturing a, a school bus painted with a bunch of paint oh, teams yeah. everywhere and like you know yeah tie-dye and a lot of yeah. uh, psychedelics possibly a lot of marijuana oh yeah um, a lot of know. drugs but seeing these awesome shows like awesome. did they i'm sure they toured with some of the greats back then too so you probably got to see a lot of the uh, the of the greats back then you know um, oh was this was this also I, I when did jerry garcia die jerry let's see jerry died in i want to say 2002 oh okay so he was still around for for, for all of it yeah, and and then, yeah. Because for those of you that don't know, the Grateful Dead, um, the, Jerry Garcia is the co- the founder, right? That's what you would well, call him. Yeah, he was one of the founders. One yeah. of the founders. I mean, basically, it was, it was the Warlocks in San Francisco, and it was Jerry, and they had Bobby. Then they kicked Bobby out. Bobby Weir, who's still alive, and has a band called Further. Which huh. also is still touring, and he's like seventy five, <laughs> still touring. And but with him is Phil Lush and Bill Kreutzman, original drummers. And then they had Pigpen was their uh, keyboardist, but he died. And then they had other keyboarders like Brett Midland and Keith Gotcha, who also died and died. Ugh. And uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of a hot seat. At uh, yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, man, it was great music. It was, they were great concerts. Um, I know generally for people who didn't really know the dead, uh, they would hate the dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, really, you were really into them or you weren't, and it was very much, for a while at least, uh, still a subculture. Yeah. Because it was this, in the 70s and 80s, it was this, we're still going to live like we're in the 60s, mm. man. And we were. So, I mean, like, the yeah. perception being, you know, the lazy hippies or, you know, whatever. And we, and we were. We were. I had, <laughs> I had my, my big group house on campus was the big Grateful Dead hippie house. And uh, anyway, there was like, a, it, it, it was like a little hippie subculture. And then it became trendy. And then Jerry died and, you know. Peter out, but that subculture still there. There's so so how much like Fish fans and mm. uh, other groups. Yeah, and, Fish is huge. Yeah, 
Yeah. And so, well, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I guess that time period too, you had the rise of like hard rock. And then, mm. you know, in the 80s, you had the rise of punk rock and, right. and all these other subcultures. So they probably yes. clashed, you know. Oh, or, yes. So like if you were a deadhead, you probably wouldn't hang out with the with the hard rock crowd or maybe it did maybe it mingled that's so weird actually we kind of did like there was like this big goth circle on my (laughs) campus and i was friends with a lot of them and they would every now and then even go to a dead show but they were like all dressed in black and you know that would definitely be my crowd (laughs) And and then we had the euro trash people and then we had the the Bruce Springsteen Jersey crowd. Yeah, you know, there were all sorts of little groups. I don't know if it's still like that today. Are kids so... I mean, it, it is and it isn't. I think goth specifically being dark and mysterious is huge right now. I yeah. mean, they got that show Wednesday on Netflix that's blowing up. And I watched it. It's pretty good, but I don't know. It's, it seems like it's trendy to be... Um, dark and depressed it's oh, for some yeah. reason it's oh. like people get a lot of attention and a lot of like likes on social media so to speak um by being like you know why, by wearing pentagrams and all black and oh, having yeah. outlandish yeah. makeup and stuff like that which i mean i think is i've always thought was cool i've always tried to be a goth but i was never as bold as as some of these real goths you know i never had the white makeup or whatever but i used to have my spiked bracelet and my metal t-shirts and you know wore nothing but all black still kind of do um but yeah, it is interesting. Uh, but we do we do all mingle. I would say, you know, for the most part, I think the only people that don't really mingle are the hip hop guys. Unfortunately, oh really? Yeah, the hip hop guys. I, and I love hip hop. And I, you know, I remember wearing an Iron Maiden t. Well, now it's kind of weird. They could wear the t shirts because it's cool to wear like a metal t shirt. Because Kim Kardashian, I think, wore a Slayer t shirt once, and so now all these people wear like Slayer t shirts and whatever. But they're at like a you know little. Uh, 21 Savage concert wearing a Slayer t-shirt is but but when they you know they're from my perspective the hip-hop crowd are are less accepting of any other um, music genre crowd in my personal opinion you know that's not to say that it's a bad thing or a good thing but it's just what I've observed personally Hmm. and well you got so uh, do you like hip-hop um yeah I I, you know what I I'm a very (laughs) ignorant man of so much that is pop culture i really i i i you know for me it was business and current events and politics that obsessed me and mm. and and music and was a was very much i mean except for like my grateful dead period and i and i still love the dead but there just wasn't much for me. No, yeah. no, no. I'm boring. I'm, I, <laughs> well, because I was like going to say you were way. like around when it was first popping off. You know, like the whole. Do you remember that? Do you remember like? Yeah, I went to school in DC. And oh, I had okay. A lot of friends who were really into hip hop. Run DMC and all those guys. It's, yeah. Uh, what was it like? Run DMC and uh, Big Daddy Kane and and those kind of guys and whatnot. Um, it's it's so interesting for me to hear when people say that they're they you know they they listen to music but they're not as into it because my whole family is just like obsessed with music that's oh, really? like my family we we didn't go we didn't travel many places we went to concerts that was our oh, really? vacation yeah so it's pretty cool I got to see some cool people and stuff like that that's cool um, but so but that's really cool also that you were um, focused on other things I'm thinking maybe that 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 I wish that I had more of you know more interest other than music and especially in my younger days because uh you know in 15 through 18 like i was so obsessed with music and and even like now i'm pretty obsessed like i um that i wish i focused on other things you know like you went to college and you and you had cool uh you're you're big into history right like you're yeah you love history and stuff like that and i do too now but i feel like i'm um it's not like it's too late but I have so much to catch up on in all these other yeah. fields. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I would say I'm a, not a music. Uh, I would say a music buff to an extent. I think I have the most knowledge about things. Like if if somebody were to say like, what, where's your most knowledge? Uh, where do you have the most knowledge? I would say music. But um, but even then, I'm not like compared to like certain people or whatever. But um, I would. It, I would love to say that I, I have knowledge here and, and there and here and, you know, in other places other than uh, music. Um, but yeah. So no, knowledge is like a donut. The uh, more you learn, the bigger the hole in the middle gets. Hmm. Your 
as I'm, I'm, I'm 56 now and who knows how much time I have left, but uh, I've, I, I do know now at late, as I settle into retirement, I'm never going to know so much. Yeah. And, and, and I know so little and I actually know plenty. And what I have to do is take confidence and knowing that I know what I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to oper- operate my phone barely. I know how to get my car going. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and he, I think it's hmm, uh, confidence of, of, of your own knowledge and, and, and ignorance of the rest of the world is true wisdom. Mm. And so, you, you know, just, uh, yeah, follow, follow your heart, listen to the things that make you happy. Mm. Um, and I would also say, like, um, don't wait or expect for that hidden treasure box to just come along. Mm. Um, you know, it's like people keep thinking, oh, I'm going to try a thousand things until something clicks or... I'm going to keep doing this and then I'll be really, really, really famous or blah, 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 blah. I would say like, although that, I guess that's a normal human condition, but I would say my recommendation would be to avoid searching for the end goals and uh, worry more about the very um, immediate, like have a five-year plan mm. or three-year plan I'm going to get to, I've decided this is going to be my goal. I'm going to get this degree or I'm going to start this business or I'm going to, you know, get married or I'm, you know, going to own my own home. Okay, that's what I want to do in three, five years. Okay, what are the specific things I need to do to bring me closer to that? Mm -hmm. And there's a list. And then you put that list on a calendar. And you accomplish those things by those deadlines, and then you wind up achieving your goal. Mm. But the surprising thing about life is that when you're doing that very thing for that very specific goal, things come at you that mm. are both, you know, things you never expect that create this extra great benefit, and also things that create these new obstacles. So you need to like stay true to who you are mm-hmm. and you need to stay true to your plan while being able to adjust. I would just say like like it's just that 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 would that that's that's my my that's my advice for young people today and my other advice is to uh embrace failure. Mm. Understand that failure is a constant occurrence not to be deterred by it, but it's just part of it. I mean, like, it's just, um, I would think that, and uh, McKenna would know more than me, but I would think that, like, when you're painting a painting or drawing a picture, you know you're going to start drawing. You're always going to be erasing and redrawing that line to make it fit with the other lines. And really, the success is just about going through the series of failures that you have to do until it's done. Mm. And even when it's done, right? To, to one person, it's a masterpiece. To somebody, it's it's not, you know? Uh, well, that's the, my third piece of advice. It's better to get something done than to have it be perfect. Ah. Uh, do not... Yeah, I think that's my personal problem. I think I'm, I'm way too, um, uh, I guess, like, yeah, I'm a perfectionist, like, you know... I, I want it to be done as best as possible, or I don't want to do it at all. But I've I've, I've tried really hard um, to to be more like, you, like what you're saying, and just just try it and get it done, and then just move on, do it, do something else, you know, yeah. keep going. Like I said, you, you have a goal that in these four years I'm going to have this business at this level. And in order to do that, I have to do these 10 things Mm -hmm. in this timeline that will require these resources. That's a basic business plan. And it's, um, is it feasible to get those done? Mm -hmm. Yes. Then 
go ahead and do them and 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 let those steps it, just the accomplishment of those success steps is success the other thing to remember is a third of the world is assholes <laughs> and another third of the world is just takers mm. okay so as long as you are like taking care of yourself and your family and are doing those steps towards your goal Mm -hmm. then you are a success Mm. and you are a respectable human being Mm. who 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 deserves admiration i think that's super important because i feel like a lot of people especially my age and, and in my generation we we think of you have to get there to earn the respect yeah. But I totally agree with you that no, if, if you're taking care of business at home and and following your path or whatever it is and trying these things and just keep going and you yourself are are treating people with respect and 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 being as as good of a person as you possibly can be because nobody's perfect but you know um, just just trying to be the best person you can be um, on a day to day basis and and even with little things at home mm-hmm. you know that's where it starts and and. So I think that's really important for people to hear. So I appreciate yeah. you saying that. <clears throat> and, and can I add on a little Go ahead, story? Yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> so uh, when I was a young person, uh, I got a job working at the Walrus and the Carpenter. It's an oyster bar <laughs> in Faneuil Hall. And it's a great band name. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's from um, Alice in Wonderland. Um, they were these. Uh, anyway, so... Um, um, we ser- served oysters and slung beer and this small mm. little thing. Anyway, um, I had this boss, and he was a pretty good boss, nice guy. He'd be hard as nails, but pretty good. And basically, his wife would uh, open the bar, and he would stay home with their three small children, and then all day long, because they were too young for school, and then at 3 o'clock, he would come to the bar, meet his wife, hand over to the three children to her. She would go home and stay with the kids. And then he would work until the bar closed at like 11. Wow. And uh, they did this um, uh, six days a week, and they had their parents fill in on Sundays. And it was only half a day then or something like that. And then... Um, and they owned these rental properties on the side that they were always fixing up and renting out. Mm. And um, they're the heroes mm-hmm. because they worked hard. They did their jobs. They provided for their family. No one gave them a handout. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they you know, put their kids through school and took care of themselves <clears throat> and had a beautiful, loving life. Not the guy who cut the album at age 18 that everyone's <laughs> listening to. Yeah. Not, or the viral video yeah, guy. <laughs> or not the really hot model. Yeah. Or not the TikTok people. No, someone who works their job and day out, day does it right, and, and, and doesn't screw with other people in the universe. Mm-hmm. Those are, are should be our heroes. Amen, and, man. And, 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 and so... Uh, you don't need an album to be successful. You just need to stay the course and not be a dick. Mm. Gosh, dang. We could almost end on that note, but I did want to um, just briefly talk about this new show we got going on too. So oh, yeah. we, uh, I'm out here in Florida, like we mentioned before. And, and one of the main reasons was not only because you recently got married, which congratulations. Thank also you. happy birthday, sir. It was your birthday you. yesterday. Yes. 21 again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you also had this. Um, <laughs> you also had this podcast idea um, that we briefly had talked about, and I said, "Well, shoot, I'd love to try to produce that." And here we are. Um, it's pretty cool to see it all come together. We got this nice equipment here, and everything's gonna. I I, I, re- I really think it's gonna be a good time. Um, yeah. But it's so it's called the One Upper. Yeah. Um, give me a, a a summary of what what it what it is. Well, um, so you know. Along the line in life, I've had some ideas of some side projects that I always wanted to do. And now that I am reach a certain age and a certain level of wealth, I can start to explore them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I also want to do this. 
because I'm actually kind of an obnoxious bastard. <laughs> and uh, I've had a lot of jobs and I've had a lot of interesting experiences. And I'm always like at a bar talking to my friend and they tell me this story about their life. That, mm-hmm. that this, you know, this horrible date they had or this <laughs> awful boss or this amazing vacation. And every time I hear this story, I'm, I have to force myself to not one-up them. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, yeah. Oh, let me tell you about my date. She really treated me bad. You know? <laughs> um, and, and sometimes I do. And then I realize I'm, I, I'm a one-upper, and I try to stop myself from doing that. And then I realize that, hey, you know what would be fun <laughs> is if I could sit in a bar, talk in a mic, one-up other people, <laughs> hear their stories, and turn that into a show so basically the way it works is you come on the show and uh you tell me a brief story about your life um like your worst state and i try to one-up you with my worst state and if i cannot one-up you then i buy you a beer (laughs) and you're a winner um but we also encourage our listeners to call in or send us an audio tape of their story yeah and if they can one up our previous guests then they're going to win a free t-shirt and the basis of this is getting back to the very beginning of our conversation and kind of my respect for everyone in the universe and equality uh is um i um everyone has a story Mm -hmm. and, and everyone has a really good story and we're all entertaining and beautiful people and uh, so I want to hear uh, the other stories in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that, that's what, um, you know, when you told me about it, because I've had, you know, everybody has a podcast nowadays also, you know, and everybody yeah. wants to start this and that. And, and um, you know, I feel like a lot of people, because of that, they try to be, um, you know, they try to make, an, make it a niche thing, you know. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, we got to, it's only going to be about cats or right. this and that. But I think... One thing, first of all, I have always I think I'm a lot like you. I'm I'm a person that I'll sit at a bar and just chat it up. I love stories. Yeah. I love the you know the all nighters when you know it's three a.m. and people are just going deep and telling their their life stories and whatnot. Yeah. I love I live for those moments. Uh, um. So cool. and and I think that stories. I mean, since the dawn of time, have been so important. Oh yeah. You know and and but like you said, right. I think. Uh, the best part about this um, this show idea is because, like like you just touched on, um, that everyone has one, and it, mm-hmm. and you can be a poor, rich, fat, mm-hmm. ugly, whatever it is. I mean, you you have a story to tell, yeah. which makes you important because you are important. Everybody's important, but then yeah. also not important. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. They, so I think it's a great idea. I can't wait to to um to help you out with this, Thank and uh, I really think it's gonna. It's gonna be a good one, man, and, yeah. and you know, we're, like uh, like he he mentioned, you guys have the opportunity to write in. Um, I think the let's see if I have the McKenna. Do you have the notebook with the um, the ats? We I think I'm pretty sure it's at the one upper um, uh, on Instagram and then uh, Twitter. We're doing all the social medias. Uh, we're gonna be pretty active there. Uh, but the G, the email account is. Um, it's the dot one upper show, or I think it's the one upper dot show at gmail.com. The one upper dot show at gmail.com. Send us your stories, um, send us audio clips, videos, whatever you want to do, and we'll try to get you guys on there. This will be um, uh, airing. Well, all those details will come shortly. We're still in the pre production uh, stage, but I think we're getting ready to film tomorrow or so. Or, yeah, you know, well, we even have our very first guest. Uh, this afternoon yep yep yeah. yep and we're gonna be and these are gonna be short little brief broadcasts they're only gonna last you know five minutes or so and, and like i said you know when someone tells you their story about their worst boss if you can top it if you can one-up it yeah we want to hear from we want to hear from you we want you to be the one-upper and win yes, yourself yes. a teacher <laughs> and that yeah everyone has a story and everyone's story can get one up (laughs) right on well thank you so much ted i appreciate you being here uh thank you guys for listening and uh get you know stay tuned for 
the one upper show um coming very soon and and more from the bernie sage podcast gonna be a great year everybody stay safe stay stay you know stay humble stay patient keep your eyes and ears open and don't be afraid to question everything all right thank you very very much see you later goodbye